0: The Bar Star Podcast, hosted by Stephen O'Reilly, is a podcast about working musicians, their friends, and their opinions. Stephen is a musician in Louisville,
1: Kentucky, who has... Wait a second. This guy's a drummer, not a real musician. Somebody gave a drummer a microphone for his voice? The hell?
0: Unreal. Unbelievable.
1: Of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly, and I want to thank you for making the time to come back once again to hang out with me. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. I am NOT flying solo today. I am hanging out with the person that is responsible for me being in Louisville, a one, Mr. Chris Evans. How
2: are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, man? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank
1: you for coming over. I appreciate it. It's kind of out of the way. I mean, it's a whopping six minutes from where you live. Yeah, four and a half. Oh, sorry. Four and a
2: half. Four and a half, yeah. Car did not get warm. (laughs) Cold the whole time. (laughs) Well, you got leather seats, though, don't you? No.
1: Oh, Stacy does. Yes. I drive her car all the time in the winter. I'm like, I'm taking your car, baby, because you got them seat warmers and Mm -hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. So, I've been talking about, for the last few episodes, that I eventually might do an episode on how I wound up in Louisville, and I figured the best way to do that was have you here, because it's your fault I'm here.
2: Yeah, it, I take it, responsibility. It is li-
1: literally... No, seriously, it is literally your fault I'm here. But I'm not sure where to start, because you've, you've listened to a couple of my episodes, so you know how it works. I'm not going to ask you a bunch of dumbass questions, right. we're just going to have a conversation. But you do know that I'm not going to get too personal. So the mm-hmm. the quote bullshit I was going through in Atlanta, we won't talk about that, but that is where we met. Mm-hmm. What year was it? Because I don't remember. Oh it had God. to be the end of 2006 because my first show up here was New Year's Eve 2007.
2: Yeah. Phoenix Hill, yeah. correct? Yeah. So okay. that was 2006 and in... It was the summer maybe? I want yeah. to say it was it, the no, summer. No, it definitely was. It was June. Because June, I, remember, I remember going... To Atlanta for that, sh- for the we were in a Bodog battle of the bands. Right.
1: I remember all that. I just couldn't
2: remember okay. exactly yeah. when it was. I remember going there. It was hot. June's, you know, anyway, standing out in my head. So, yeah, June in Atlanta is brutal. Yeah. It was hot at night. Yeah. <laughs> sweating. Yeah. Walking around. Yeah. It's, it, it's,
1: it's funny. Even though I've been up here almost 11 years, when people complain about the heat up here, I'm like, hm, go
0: to no. Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta's yeah. way worse.
1: Anyway.
2: So, this is probably, I'd say this was the first. Real thing that we did as Heaven Hill was to be in this battle of the bands. Right. Um, we started to, you know, writing at 05, um, four of us me, Teague, Chuck, and Jesse. We added, um, I think we added Kerr and Jesse Dix at the same time. Right. I think they both, actually, I think they both auditioned the same day. For the Louisville people, that, are, that
1: have been here forever and involved mm. in the scene, Heaven Hill kind of formed out of Breckenridge, correct?
2: Yeah, Heaven Hill was Or a, something to do with Breckenridge. Well, I was in a band called The Constant, um, playing bass in that band. We played a few shows with Breckenridge. Uh, Breckenridge was a... Had a he- pretty good head of steam. Seemed like a band that was going to get some national recognition or whatever. Right. We played a lot of shows with them. Um and then I recognized their bass player, and I recognized them because I used to play junior golf against him when we were like ten oh, and twelve. Okay. So I went up to him. I was like, "Are you Teague Ridge?" And he was like, "Yeah." You know. So we we started talking, um, and we'd already played five shows together or something like that. So, anyways, you mean both bands? Both bands. Yeah. Right. Got you. So we played some shows, um, and then I guess it was just from us two hanging out that I I had made, you know, I mentioned that I had a bunch of stuff on guitar that I'd written that I'd like to start a band with, and Teague was really, you know, I I guess, I don't know, Breckenridge was kind of coming down, and they were, didn't seem like they were going to last or whatever. Turn the corner or whatever. So I think they were kind of running out of steam or something, so I, uh, Teague and I decided to involve Chuck and see if he wanted to, and Chuck is the singer of Breckenridge, and Heaven Hell, yeah. So, um, the three of us got together. Chuck listened to the stuff that I'd written. I pretty much had 75% of our what ended up being our first Heaven Hell record. Right. I had 75% of that was just riffs and melodies and stuff that I had, you know, just on my own.
1: Now, the first record is the one that I was on, correct? Somewhat civil, yeah, yeah. I knew there was some demo stuff before, but for whatever reason, it just now hit me. Right. I didn't. I yeah, ne- that Never first, actually asked you that. Yeah,
2: that was the first real record, and okay, and the reason that was the first real record because which is we're getting ready to get to. Yeah, we'll get there. Part I, of the reason why you're sure. <laughs> here is because there wasn't a you know. only so one. yeah, we'll get. Well, don't yeah. worry, guys. We'll get there. I will get to that. So um, we got together, kind of you know a little hush hush thing behind the back of. Breckenridge, because they hadn't officially like broken up yet, so I was actually going. And there was a, it was at such a turning point of that band of Breckenridge that I wasn't sure that they were actually considering bringing me as a guitar player into their band, right? And then bringing this, you know, bunch of music into Breckenridge. Gotcha. So I even went to a few shows like as maybe I'm going to join this band and not us separate and sort of new it. But anyways, things worked out to where we just started our own. Um, so I knew two guys from school, from high school that I'd, uh, played in a band with one of them, Chris Kerr, guitar player, uh, him. And then Jesse Mefford, who was the guy that I went to high school with too. Right. Drummer, known him for a long time. Um, so, you know, they were kind of asking me, do you know anybody? Hey, I know these guys. So right, we got together, started writing. Um, so this was the first time this Bulldog Bell of the Bands was the, our kind of first thing we did other than just play some shows here in town. And it was obviously the first thing you did out of Louisville. Uh, no, we went we went to Nashville and tried to record a demo. Because that's right, that's right, the producer we were working with at the time got this got us into Paragon Studios Really nice setup there. Um, Because that's where Wait For Me came from. That's where Wait For Me came from. That's where we attempted to record a few other songs. Right. Um, In the studio. We're in the studio with a Grammy Award winning producer and a Grammy Award winning engineer that's not used to four guys that are nowhere near a Grammy. (laughs) 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 Fair enough. We didn't fit in in Nashville just... At all, I mean, you know, the, the bartenders and waiters at restaurants were way more talented than, than we were. Right. So we're we, we're in the studio. I can't make a sound. Kind of, you know, th- this th- nothing like this. Like every every noise you make, you touch your touch your pants. Oh, yeah, you yeah. hear it coming through yep. the the microphone. So, anyways, we're all nervous. We do a few takes on, on stuff, and we think it sounds pretty good. But these, you know, this engineering producer, they're just used to, they're used to studio cats and they're used to one takers, one take guys. And um, we were pretty much told, hey, you guys are really great. You're a great live band. But in order to record for real, we're going to need your your drummers going to need to be a little bit better with with a metronome and stuff not that he wasn't he's much better at drums than i was at guitar but it mattered more for him to be right
1: right and and for the for the people that don't know the the non-musicians that's not a slam on anybody there's drummers that are really good live and they're not that good in the studio and vice versa there's drummers that are good in the studio and they're not that good live it's just kind of a nature of the beast kind of thing so before anybody sends me hate mail or sends me bullshit nasty grams we're not slamming on anybody except no. that one guy
2: <laughs> so, so we um we left there kind of like with our tail tucked between our legs and stuff right. and and then you know we went back to doing what we were better at and that was playing live shows and then there was this contest this dog battle of the bands that was sponsored by fuse tv or produced by fuse tv it's, they were the backing of it yeah so you know the winner would get a kind of like a reality show the Course, that's when reality shows were really big, and yeah, so we were like, Hell yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's, uh, you know, we're good live, let's see if we can go win this, anyways. We get out there, and um, we had a blast out there. Uh, the Bodog people were really great, and that's obviously how we met you. Yep, you were judging. No, I was writing You were okay you were yeah, ra-
1: I was writing the reviews for all the bands. i got didn't it. have any of the judging power i ha- I knew the judges right um and it's a really short story how I got involved in that. One of the people that worked for Bodog was my my friend Christine, who was your contact person right obviously we didn't know each other. I lived in Atlanta. You were up mm-hmm. here um but she had asked me, she said, because I was still going to Atlanta Institute of Music at the time, mm-hmm. and she said, hey, do you want to come and write reviews for the, the Battle of the Bands that I'm doing? You'll, you'll basically sit behind a laptop, I'll give you all the coffee you can stand, and she had to say no more. She I had was in. Been, yeah, had I been, was in. Yeah. But I just I wrote what I thought of the bands, and then I okay. I turned yeah. it in.
2: And, but I did know the judges. Yeah. Well, and to us? You know, you you were just there. There were four or five people that were the, faces the quote, of the table. event at yeah. the table. Mm-hmm. You were one of them. Yep, I was. So we, you know, that's when I thought I was cool. Yeah, we thought, <laughs> we thought you were cool too. <laughs> then you met me, and anyway. You guys are ass. Yeah. So you know, obviously, um, we, we you know we got along with you. But we only looked at you as one of the people that we needed to impress. You know what I mean? Like You you were just one of them.
1: Well, right. And and we didn't really, I mean, at at that time, I think, and you and I have been friends long enough, I know that your memory is better than mine. I want to say that you did three trips to Atlanta. And in those three trips, of those three shows, I should say, that I was at, and I was at way more than that, but the three that you were at, I want to say there was at the very least six Bands on each bill. Is yes. that correct?
2: Oh, it was packed. It might have been
1: more than that, but I want to say it was at yeah. least
2: six. And in that venue, there's like a little, you know, small, medium, and a large mm-hmm. room. So yep. we played all three. So I know we at least played three. Three times. Um, I remember three. Yeah. So we play the shows. Um, you know, you came up to us at one time and were like, you know, you'd seem like not just, well, really, you and Christine. Christine was a fan. She seemed like oh, yeah. she really She's liked awesome. us. You really liked us, and then you said to us that one time—I I forget which show it was—you're like, you know, you guys are the kind of band that would get me back into being in a band again. So, right, we were like, eh, I, I remember yeah. telling you that. Hell because yeah, that's yeah,
1: know, that,
2: that's a cool thing. Yeah, you know, that you know, on a in a small way, it's almost kind of like. You know, we brought something out in you, right? That, that made you remember why it's cool, why it's fun to be in a band, and and what.
1: Uh, no, absolutely, you're you're a million percent right. In in a very short history, that's not a personal thing. When I went to Aim, I don't want to say I did that midlife crisis thing, but I did that later in life. Been playing in bands for seventeen years, and I really don't give a shit anymore. I just wanted to get better at drums, mm-hmm. so I wasn't playing with anybody. All I was doing was hired gun stuff when I was in now. Right. I would go. Right. I was doing the studio stuff, which. I've said it before, I really miss that. It's great. You walk in, you play a track, you get paid, you go home. There's no drama. It's mm-hmm. awesome. But I wasn't playing with anybody, and I remember, uh, to one thing I do remember clearly is I remember the first time I saw you, because where my...
2: Me personally? Or
1: the band? You were so <laughs> cute. Oh
2: my God, you were <laughs> so cute. Um, no,
1: but when I first time I saw the band, and obviously it's hard to describe this audibly, but where I was sitting, I couldn't see the full band. Mm-hmm. I could only see you, Teague, and Chuck. Mm-hmm. And I remember that vividly from where my table was. Yeah, because was. you were
2: near the door. I, yeah, I was near and the we were, door. Yeah.
1: Yep. Because I had to just kind of, I was trying to get as far away from the sound as I could because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be close to the speakers, and I had to write all that garbage. Um, but anyway, I just I remember going, God damn, that fucking singer's the shit. I remember telling Christine, yeah, they need to win. She's like, well, we can't do that yet. We can't get that far, because that was the first time I saw you guys. Yeah. And I don't... They won. Yeah, that was the... Yeah, that was the smallest venue. That, that was, was the smallest the, the, venue. You guys won that night. Yeah. And then I guess it was a month later you came back, two months,
2: yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, month. I can't... Obviously, can't remember the time. I don't either. Talking, we'll call it a month. Yeah. Just for the sake we of it. We came argument. back, did the second show, uh, won that one. Mm-hmm. And I and felt the same way, and I think that's the show when I, what I, you just yeah, said, I think yeah.
1: that's the show when I said, dude, you, you
2: want to make me be in a band again. Yeah, yeah, you definitely said that, and we all, you know, we got home and we were like, hey, you know, that'll, that'll, that, like, that, I mean, I'm not even sure we knew your name then. Probably You know, he was like that guy. Yeah, that you dude know, down in the line. He said that, you know, we were awesome, and he really liked us, and we just, you know, felt good about it. So then we did the third show, and, which I guess was the final show. Yeah, that was the finals Um, because Neurosonic won. Neurosonic? Was it Neurosonic? Yeah, it was Neurosonic. Okay.
1: And you guys technically, at least on paper, there was a little controversy. Well, I heard we
2: won the votes. You won the votes. But the... People at Fuse TV who'd sent the camera crew. Yes, wanted Neurosonic. Neurosonic. Something about them being yeah. 18 years old and 16 years old, or whatever. They were. Uh, don't get me wrong, I've no, said it before. They were a great band. You know, there's another band there that was really, really awesome. Um, the band from Evansville uh, or Knoxville, Tennessee, called Vertigo with the with the girl
1: yep with the... oh my god damn I haven't thought about them since that day yep you're right I remember them I actually had an, an album really I
2: had a CD of them that I listened to for a long time I mean I, I really liked it nice but I've unless... got the Neurosonic CD do you really? yeah
1: I still have it <laughs> yep bastards <laughs> they were I, I'm just kidding I hate to admit it I'm were just good. kidding they're, they're still good. bastards man. but they were good no they were a really good band yeah. and they had the hit about busting Britney Spears balls I mean you, you kind of got to yeah. go with that. That makes yeah. for great reality TV. Yeah, they probably did better than we would have, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm
2: so, some shit with you boys. Yeah. So on the third. So then the third, we we lose. Sh- we think we had a one. Right. I feel like we might have even been told that we had the votes won. Yeah. And so it was just like we go home and we're just. It came pissed. down to the TV producers. Yeah, it basically. came out to the producers choosing what would be better TV over right. the band that actually won the contest. Right. Anyways. But
1: before you got home, there was a historical thing that happened in that hallway, sir. Yeah. I sold. No, I gave it. I didn't you, even sell it to him.
2: And knowing you, that's like, how, how did you even. You I had like, some advanced copies, Shut okay, up. So you, just, you don't like giving away nothing. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <So> Everybody <laughs> knows I'm a money whore. It's fine.
1: Anyway, I gave... I Our drummer. If, yeah, I, I no, did give it straight to Jesse, right? Straight to okay. Jesse.
2: We didn't even know he had it.
1: Right. I gave, it, I gave Jesse... I have a, a DVD called Visual Drumming, which I don't even know what happened to it. I sold the rights to it a few years ago, and the guy that bought it from me, the... His company went under, so mm. I'm L fuck it on that thing. Yeah, at least I did it. Whatever. Yeah, but still got a copy. You still have a copy? I got a copy. I have
2: one that yeah. never. I got the my else.
1: It is in a vault. In, no, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> well, just let me know. Yeah, <laughs> let me know if you need it. I haven't watched it in a while, so you can have it. <laughs> so
1: somebody asked me, if, uh, one of my drumming buddies. They were like, "Hey, man, you got a copy of that? Yeah, can I have it? No,pe. Anyway,
2: I'll so sell I, it for like twenty bucks to anybody who's split, split it with me. I'm it. in. I'll split it with me some coffee. I'll take that ten bucks um, and go have a coffee. So yeah, so you had given mm-hmm. the DVD to our current drummer. Mm-hmm. So we get home. And we're already having conversations because because of what had happened in Nashville, we're like, hey, I guess if this band's gonna really be serious, we've got this producer, we've got this engineer, we've got these ends with people. We probably need a more professional drummer. No offense to Jesse, he was. By enough. the way,
1: people that are listening, Jesse and I are legitimately friends, so it's
2: we're not talking shit yeah, about Jesse. I, I've got no negative, you know, feelings with actually anybody that that's been in this band.
1: Oh, except that one guy. That one guy. I don't know that guy. He never existed. Oh just yes, that
2: one guy. That, that one guy. I forgot about him. yes yeah, see? see, I'm not as good now as I was at the beginning. of, of <laughs> Forgot that,
0: fucker, fucker. So, no,
1: seriously, no, we're not busting on Jesse. Jesse and I are good friends.
2: So, so we we get. We've already had discussions. We've already, and I think we even kind of were jokingly like, yeah, well, hey, then. Dude in Atlanta's a drummer, apparently really good or something. He's you know studio guy. Uh, we get that guy. No shit. The very next band practice, the like the practice that we are meeting to unload the trailer, right, and put our gear back in the house from the Atlanta trip. Right. He comes in the door late. Guys, you got to check this. You got to check this fucking DVD out. And we're like. Well, you we got there. And he pops it in. We're all sitting there. I'll, I'll never forget this. Jesse is sitting on the couch in front of me. We're all kind of like behind Jesse in a way. He pops this DVD in. And we're watching this. And it's your DVD, your right. visual drumming DVD. Right. And, you know, of course, there's always like a little talking intro. We're watching it kind of go. Like, oh, well, and then you start doing some things. And we're like, okay, well, I figured the dude's pretty good. And then there's a section where you just kind of you kind of did your thing and went off on a little bit. And we are like looking around the room going, you fucking kidding me. <laughs> and I remember looking over at Teague, and I'm like, are you thinking what I'm thinking right now? We're going to hell, but are you thinking what I'm thinking right now? And, 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 and we're all like, yeah, that, that's pretty good. I mean, if you like that sort of thing, you know, if you're into that, if you're into that, I mean, I don't know. So, no shit, he leaves that night, and we all linger and stick around, and we're like, Are you f- "We gotta fucking call that guy because he said, he said, and this is our you know arrogance and our confidence where we're like, right, if this guy said that we're the kind of band that would get him back into being in a band. Right? Well, how about we just be the band that gets him back in a band? Right? Yeah. Who cares that we're seven hours away? You've got a life there. We've got, we're we're not going there. You know, you're probably not coming here. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, well, I guess we should just call him. I was like, fuck it, I'll call him.
1: You know what we're talking about this, because okay. my memory sucks. How did you get my number? I don't even remember because I uh, when you get to the part uh, where I you call me, when you get to the how? part you're going to call me, I'm going to talk about that part because I remember that vividly. But how did
2: you get my number? I think that was through Christine. Uh, that would make sense. I think right. we called her. I think Chuck yeah, had her number. Your, yeah, she was your
1: contact person yep. for Bodog. Yep.
2: And we had her number, we called her or Chuck or T called her, got your number. Right. So okay. yeah, you can right. take it from there, you know. So I called you. I just you.
1: I I just I just no I could never figure that. I never remembered to ask you all these years later. Anyway, I I actually wrote about this in the book. There's you you have about two pages just you about how I avoided your phone calls for about a week, yeah. And I don't know if you remember that it kept going to voicemail, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't get it. I was like, I don't know anybody in Kentucky. It yeah. didn't click. You thought in we're the first sure couple times, yeah. Right? yeah. In the first couple times, you didn't leave a message, if I remember correctly. But I do remember the first time I got your message, yeah. And you were like, "Hey, man, this is Chris Evans from the band Heaven Hill. And know, uh, want to talk to you about something? Okay, give me a call." And then you gave me your number, and I went, "What?" <laughs> and I, I still didn't call you and then you called me hard to get I, well it, I'll be honest with you I mean the the I, I had it made down there mm-hmm. and I didn't want any disruptions but I also had some shit going down there so I needed some disruptions so it was kind of a 50-50 shot but I do you remember you were curious I was very curious and I remember you called I don't know how many times but you called me a few times and I finally picked up one day and you said hey man this is Chris from Heaven Hill you got a second and I went uh oh, shit sure <laughs> <laughs> Probably called you from someone else's phone. <laughs> yeah, probably knowing me, <laughs> you probably did. But I I do remember that because it was I just it was just it was weird. I I wasn't even thinking about the Bodog thing, and then I kept getting this Louisville number. Yeah, and I'm so dumb sometimes. It didn't even click. I just wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody in Kentucky. And you know, then when I got the first message, I went, "There's no way, no. man's too good. No, they don't want me." And then. Sure enough. Sure we enough,
2: we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a sh- total fucking shot in the dark. Right. I mean, we didn't think this guy wants to be in our band. It's just, hey, he said that. He's really good. If we're going to try some, you know, if we're gonna try somebody. To get to the next level yeah, and all well, that and, stuff. And, 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 you know, why not try the guy that said something? Right. We've got his number. We've got his DVD no, right here. Logically, it, yeah. it made perfect
1: sense. If yeah. I was in your shoes, I'd yeah. have done the same thing. And I'm not saying it's because it's me. I'm just saying logically, if you look at it, It makes sense. What's the worst the guy could say? No. I mean, at the time,
2: what was the worst I could say? No. I mean, you don't want to put out an ad. You don't want to... No. Because you've got a drummer. You are in a band. You are... You don't... Right. You know, we didn't necessarily really need a drummer for what we were doing at the time, but we needed it. We needed to... We thought, and we were told, you know, if we're going to go... We're going to do this as a living. Right. You're going to have to have somebody that can record and play. No, I I get it. I
1: mean, it's... I'm one of, and you know this because we've been friends long enough. I have absolutely no problem separating business and personal. Mm-hmm. I don't take shit like that personal. Some people do, some people don't. But at that time, what that dude told you where you were coming from, it was total business. Yeah, it's like, hey man, it ain't personal. You just mm-hmm. this is what you have to do if you want to get to quote that next level. Mm-hmm. We did have a lot of phone conversations. Yeah, we we did. had a lot of email conversations.
2: Well, I mean, because anytime, you, um, anytime you're talking to somebody and you're pretty much trying to talk them into uprooting their life and coming and gambling, you know, there's a lot of uh, questions about like, hey, are you guys... I mean, I know there's a lot of questions on your end. I remember that was just, hey, uh, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? When right. do you practice? When do you do this? What are you really trying to do with this band? Right. You know, not like... Sure, I'll just, you know, none of us, we weren't 17, so we couldn't just, none of us could just do this and just leave. Um, Oddly enough, I also brought somebody else into Louisville to be in a band that I was in before you. So I had practice. I've never known this. Yes. Yeah. A girl named Jolene that ended up being the singer in Never the Man. It's from Arizona. And I found her online on a. Please say MySpace. Say it. No, it wasn't on MySpace. Damn it. It, it was on <laughs> like. It, I, I seriously, at work, were searching because I was kind of frustrated with the band that I was in. I right. wanted to go. I was like, this is before. I mean, I was no kids, no anything. I just had a job. Right. I was like, I'm going to go somewhere else. So I started searching the large cities, Right. Ser- typing in local, you know, Phoenix. Uh, music scene message board I was right. just searching for that I'd find the message boards and I'd look through the musicians wanted I found a girl saying I'm looking for a band this and this she posted stuff that she you know, I think I listened to a little clip of something she was awesome and I was like there we go I'll fucking just move there start a band with her I mean like that's I was seriously just like ready, right. to, start up- You're ready, ready. to up ready to uproot and go this is wild Teague and I are just talking about doing a band right so anyways yeah I, she moved here
1: um so what you're saying is you practiced your moves on a chick before you worked on yeah, that yeah you had no chance damn you're you right had I, no chance. I was fucked from the get go if
2: I can talk a 17 year old girl and her parents into letting her come and live with my guitar player
1: that's why it's the greatest sales <laughs> job you've ever done that's sir. why
2: <laughs> that's why you're in Louisville <laughs> You didn't even know that story. No, I
1: did not. So, yeah, it's apparent I didn't have a chance. But without boring everybody to death, um, the, the weirdest part for me was I loaded my shit in my truck. Well, Jeep, whatever the hell. Yeah, happened. yeah, it was a what Jeep. What does it matter? Yeah. Point being, I loaded my shit up yeah. and I made a seven and a half hour drive up here to rehearse. Yeah, To rehearse. see if we fit.
0: Practice? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Practice? But the, the cool thing, and I actually talked about this in my book too, was how much I fell in love with the songs when I was learning them. And then when I got up here and I don't know, you may or may not remember that you probably will. Cause you got a great memory. Um, I had made some changes to a couple tunes. And you were like, well, let's just play them the way they are first, and then we'll go back and, yeah, yeah. and figure it out. Come on now, yeah, yeah. We're like, you know, I mean, you're good now, and, and you got your own DVD and shit, but uh, don't just, be fucking just, with our song. Just fucking learn the track, yeah. You know, but I yeah. actually we did it with the changes I made. Yeah, and you, were, you had that.
2: Well, because you were like, you know, I, that twinkle you get when you're all. No, I'll tell you what something. it was. <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. It wasn't a fucking twinkle. When it was hold on tight, song called Hold on Tight. Is the one I remember the most. I remember you coming in and going, "Hey, you know, I love that." The obvious is in six eight, and we all look around at each other like, "What the fuck is six 8 <laughs> Cool. Re- I'm I'm glad I you like that. six eight. I remember. I'm that. glad you. You know, okay, we none of us know music. No, I don't fucking. Anyways,
1: speaking of which, Squirrel. For those that are listening, the outro track to my show is the outro to the song "The Obvious," called "The Obvious." Yeah. And since you wrote it. I it's, have
2: permission to use it. Yes, you do. Thank you very much. Carry on. Get permission. <laughs> Once we split that twenty dollars for the DVD, I'll give it to you. I don't want to fuck right. it. Whatever. All right. So I'll pay ten bucks for that song. We said, all right. Let's just see your, you know, your idea. And I, you were. It was at the end of Hold On Tight, and I remember we're playing it, and we get to the end, and it's just this big fucking nasty double bass like exit of the song, and. Me and Chris looked at each other and started smiling at each other like a couple six-year-old girls. <laughs> and I'm returning my back to you so you wouldn't see me just like fucking cheesing my ass off.
0: <laughs> I and, remember that. And
2: Chris, we talked about it afterwards, and we still talk about it because it was just that was the first time we were like, "Fuck, yeah, that was good." We can keep that, you know. Don't change any more shit, but that's that's gonna stick.
1: Well, I think I changed, and I could be wrong, but I want to say that I either I changed it or. You and I sat down, and we did something to to win it sold. Am I right on that, or am I um, wrong? I want to say it was either me or you and yeah. I did it together. Doesn't matter. Point Might have
2: been. The
1: only reason I'm bringing that up is because immediately you and I started, we clicked very yeah. well. Now, we were brazen with each other, and we got, I think because we're both very passionate, we would get, not in massive fights, but we were... We were brazen with each other, but we worked so well together immediately. I do remember that. Because it was just like we would click, and it was probably... Fast forward through all the boring shit. After I'd lived here for a couple months, you and I got to where we didn't... When we were writing stuff, we didn't have to talk. We just would look at each other. Right. Which was cool because most of the people that know me, and I've talked about this before, I've always locked with a guitar player versus a bass player, which is Uh one of the things that makes my... I don't wanna say writing because I don't write in the chord sense and the melody sense, but one of the things that makes my arranging and writing different because I don't just concentrate on a bass player like most drummers. I listen to melody lines and all that. Yeah, right. But with you I got the double because you were a bass player. That's yeah, the first, first. time I ever
2: played guitar in a band. Yeah. yeah and,
1: so and in Heaven Hill you're playing guitar and yeah. writing most of the stuff. Yeah. So it was like we were three people inside of yeah. two.
2: I'd already been I'd already been used to trying to focus on right. what the fuck the drummer was doing and right. what I'm doing and now I'm get this, you know, other instrument in my hand that but it it made it easy. Mm-hmm. Because it was just yeah, it 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 worked well. Um so where we go from
1: there? Well, that that's the uh the short, edited, very edited version yeah. of how Louisville, I you're Louisville, you're welcome. Yeah or sorry. <laughs> either either one, take it. Either pick. one. There's some of y'all that wish me to leave, but I'll leave when I'm ready. So that's for another show for another day. Or just Um, let me know and I'll talk him into it. He probably will. At this point, he could sell me anything. Okay, so fast forward through all the garbage. We went down to Atlanta in early fall, mid-fall of 07 Mm -hmm. to start recording the record that came to be somewhat civil. Right. There was 13 tracks on it. Yeah, I think so. Um, And then we released it. We did the CD release at Headliners in August of 08. so it was almost mm-hmm. a year later. Mm-hmm. We worked on that record for a minute, yeah, long time. Yep. We were not going to put out garbage. No, and I we weren't.
2: Am... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think one of the coolest things that people, if they do remember that band and our most popular song was going down, and that wasn't even on the record to begin with. We actually went back and recorded that. Yes, we did. It was like we get back from Atlanta. We we had the song, or, you know, we had the. 10 or 11 songs or whatever and then we start writing and we get the song that everybody's freaking out about as far as like our friends that would come over and listen so we begged begged our engineer friend Mm -hmm. to let us come back and do another song our genius engineer
1: friend Ryan Williams shout out to my boy
2: Yes, we did. And I, I you actually
1: reminded me of that um, before we started recording. Yeah. So Because I forgot about that. I completely forgot we went back and recorded that song after the fact, after yeah. the initial yeah. record was done. Right. I forgot that we wrote that when we came back, because that mm-hmm. was one of those songs, and it's, it's cliche-ish to say it, but they're cliches for a reason. We wrote that song in one rehearsal. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Two hours. That's quick. It was quick. It came super quick.
2: It was real quick. And, then we and usually, when you hear our songs, you'd think that it just was grueling because there was so much, so much talent in all of them. <laughs> and, and so much depth. You know, I mean, everything from every riff to every lyric was just so deep. <laughs> you'd think that we just slaved over those songs for years. I love you for that. That's awesome. We didn't take ourselves too seriously. That's it. Show's over, folks. We're out of here. Yeah. Well, you know, it, we never took ourselves too seriously. You we, no, we, you're right. We, we, we took ourselves seriously as a band, but as far as what we wrote, we didn't feel like we needed to tell the world to be a better No, world. we weren't We didn't trying feel like to change we needed, the world. We didn't have a lot to say. No. We didn't have a lot of bumper stickers out there. No. We just wanted to fucking play We just know, wanted to play good music. rock and roll yeah. and be loud and obnoxious. And- yeah. I appreciated that.
1: I I did, too. I did, too. You guys never bitched about my drums being too loud like some of my friends do now. Fuck no. That's only because we were louder than you. That's true. That is very true. (laughs) There were days where I couldn't even hear my own drums, and I'm like, I'm loud, and I can't hear We were the
2: only band that I've ever been in that, in rehearsal, we played louder than we ever played on the stage. In uh-huh. rehearsals, we had enough PA down in that basement, Dude, and, no. and we are, in, and to the listeners here, you wouldn't believe the neighborhood we're in. Uh-uh. Practicing, we're in like a very nice neighborhood on a private golf course uh-huh. in a basement.
1: I'll never, a- I'll <laughs> never forget when I drove up to, to Teague's house the first time for the first rehearsal. When I drove up here, I literally, literally, that's two. I'm done. Literally said out loud before I even. Texted you guys and told you I was in the driveway. I said, I'll never forget this. I'm in a fucking golf course house. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> And then I went. Well, maybe there's some financial backing behind this band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and turns out the bass player lived there. It was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This is his well, parents' house, or, or his, yeah, this is dad's house. And, and but then he when now he was, owns it now. So yeah, yeah but yep, anyways, he still lives there.
1: But I do kid remember kid. also when I and I wrote this in the book when I when you guys came out to help me load my shit in the car or in the house, um, all the PA that was in there. Yeah, it was, I, we could have ran a concert
2: anywhere. We could. And I
1: don't mean show. I mean concert. The PA in that basement was ridiculous. Teague had
2: some gear. Yes. Teague has a habit. You know, Teague did not drink or do drugs, but he... He bought some gear. man would buy some gear. Yes, he would. So there's more shit in that basement, and I just cannot believe, for one, that... I don't know how the neighbors that we had... Those neighbors must have been drug dealers. (laughs) (laughs) Because they (laughs) weren't calling cops on nobody. Nope. Never. They... Must have had something shady going on because we're we're 15 feet from another house. Oh yeah, and we're making full-on concert noise, god awful racket, two or three nights a week. Yep. I can't remember how many, but it was at least two nights a week.
1: Yep. I guess maybe the only saving grace is at least we were good. We didn't suck. I guess so. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe that's no, it. I don't know. So fast forward a few years or a couple of years, we we did some cool stuff, and and then I got fired, and we'll. Save that for another show. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. There was some shit that went down and it ended. And and unfortunately for all involved, um, Heaven Hill is no more. And I miss that band. And I'm still, um, out of all the things I've done and all the things I've recorded, that record, Somewhat Civil, is my top three that I've ever done.
2: Yeah, me too. That record
1: is amazing. I love that record. I I still love listening to it. and, And I'm that... I'm that weirdo Johnny Depp musician, and what I mean by that is I don't know if you know this. he never watches his movies he's never. he claims that he never watches his movies well, I'm very similar to that i, I can't stand listening to it yeah, stuff. see, I mean, I'm the same way. I don't go back and listen to no. shit that I've recorded over the years. I just once I'm done, I'm done, but I, I, I still listen yeah. to that record I, once in a I while. feel
2: like once a at once every two years, I'll listen to that record, right, but it's only just i don't know listen to it enough to kind of remember and go oh that wasn't too bad right and that's it I can't, I can't listen to it much no well it, it is what it is it, it's a great record it's, I'm too it's critical kind of... of it that, that's the way I am I, 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 I can't hear it without still noticing the little things I wish would have been different <laughs> right or, you know wish would have played this part right or which you know the, just personally picking right. up picking well, out myself
1: I think the beauty of that though is you're not alone I don't know any musician that cares about what they do that's not like that yeah I mean, I've got stuff that some of my friends, I mean, even my musician friends, some of them think it's the greatest shit they've ever heard. And I'm not, that's not a bragging mm-hmm. thing, but I absolutely hate it mm-hmm. because I, just like you just said, I knew there was things I could have done different mm-hmm. that would have been better for the song. Whether I mm-hmm. played more or less is irrelevant, but it would yeah. have been better
2: for the song. And I didn't do that. So now I just can't stand listening to it. Well, so I, I get what you're saying. Think about the dates we just talked about. When was it that you you know like when we first started Heaven Hill that was two thousand five when you started the band was two thousand five I joined and then in two thousand we did this record two thousand seven yeah and then there's this CD release is 2000, 2008. thousand eight eight yep. so from two thousand five two thousand eight these songs I mean they they were our songs but they started off as my babies right you know so that's why I'm so critical of them right you know is how they kind of ended up with but right
1: no, and, and that makes complete sense that makes complete sense. So I'm proud of of
2: what we did. I'm I'm happy with it. I am too. I am too. Every people every now and then. I just recently somebody posted a picture. what Was it a Throwback Thursday? Somebody posted on Facebook of oh of yeah. Us.
1: It was you. It was it was after I was gone and Ivan replaced me. It was you guys with Ivan. Okay. And I don't remember the time
2: frame. I I was yeah, gone and I guess it was like the late oh nine. It was the photo shoot for the second album. Yes. Yep. So I remember that that somebody posted that one of my co-workers at work who i've known for you know a little while came up and he goes this whole time i had no idea you were in heaven and hell i used to come to your all shows you know like me and my brother used to listen to you guys all the time <laughs> you know it was cool that he was just like hey he called his brother and was like oh, remember chris you know that's that's heaven and so it, every now and then shit like that happens and it's kind of like you know what we, it's we, cool yeah it is cool
1: I don't, I don't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't care what it is. That's just cool. I I get it sometimes Mm -hmm. too. Um, I mean, I get it from the cover bands I've done too. But it, and I'm not busting on the cover stuff. But for some reason, it means a little more to me when it's an original band because I put so much more into that. Yeah. And because especially with Heaven Hill, I literally changed my life. I already gave you two. You're not getting a third. I literally changed my life to come up here. Right. So that I've got so much more invested into that mm-hmm. band and into that record. Right. So it's still yeah, cool. You had to care more. Yeah, I had to care more. So I think that's about it for the Heaven Hill stuff. You cool with that? You know, I'm cool with that. You got anything else to add?
2: No. Yeah. Hey guys. How's it going if you're if you're listening to this? <laughs> Sorry <laughs> if I pissed you off with anything I said. Wait. We say we saved the bad shit for uh that's it we'll do another episode we'll of the bad yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: but while, but while we're while we're while we're talking to you guys. Why are you crying? <laughs> all right, so you've listened to the show, so you know one of the sections I do is social media issues. Okay, so this week on social media issues, I'm going to let you pick the social media issues. I'm not going to do it. I want you to do it.
2: All right. So what you, what you got for me? i tell you what. I, I see this all the time now. Um, just happened to me recently. I see it every time I go to a concert now. Everybody has to film the show. Uh huh. Everybody uh-huh. has their phone out. Yep. In this, you know, everybody's shining at the stage. Everybody's recording. Nobody watches that shit. Nope. Nobody nope. ever watches it. It's um, funny
1: you're talking about that because I. I touched on this on a previous episode and the only reason I'm interrupting you is because I'm going to ask you if you view it both ways, meaning I view it from what it's like being on stage and seeing it, and I view it what it's like being in the crowd and seeing it.
2: Does that make sense? I have, yeah. And I almost feel like when we were a band, if if I saw people holding their phones up, I'd have been like, hell yes, we must not suck. Right. You know, but... (laughs) I look at it as a musician, mm-hmm. standing in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Right. And um, just recently at a Holly Suspect show. I don't know if you know the band Holly Suspect. I It rings a bell. First single was a song called Lydia. Um, incredible band. I, yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. I know you're talking about. First time I saw them was in Cincinnati. Little tiny venue. Everybody's got their fucking phone in his face. And he is... Very vocal about get your phone out of my face. Right. And he stopped. Your he stopped. He completely stopped the song and said, guys, we're here together in this moment. Let's be here. You know, let's not record his video so you can post it on your fucking, you know, timeline or something. Right. Let's be here and let's be in this together. Right. You know, so please put your phones up. And And, and I've seen him kick. Phones that are in his face. Nice. No shit, kicked phones.
1: Well, did you read that story about um, Chrissy Hine or Himes? I forget how to pronounce her last name. Chrissy, lead singer for the Pretenders. Did you read what she did? Oh. Um, and I, I talked about this on a on the other episode on that episode, but it's worth mentioning again because I think it's awesome. They had a show in in Dublin, Ireland. Um, they had it printed on the tickets, and they had posters all over the venues of. Please leave your phone in your pocket enjoy the show in real time thank you the pretenders mm-hmm. about 45 minutes into the set she apparently got tired of looking at the sea of cell phones and she said she flipped the crowd off and said take a fucking picture of this and took her band and she walked off stage and never came back out
2: jeez yeah and, you know, it, that's a tough that's a tough position because i mean for one there are however the percentage of people there that didn't that are listened. That put their phone in their pocket yep. and said, hey, I'm here. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yep. They didn't get to see their show. Yep. So, uh, you know. It's it's touchy, yeah, but it's, at the same it's, time. It's real touchy.
1: At the same time, though, I guess because I've been playing music for so long, I back her up. Yeah. Because there were warnings.
2: No, I get it. She told you. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah with with the warning, yeah, I I I can see more of that. Yeah. Um so at you know, at this show, kinda of funny story part of this show is that I'm at this Holly Suspect show and I told my youngest boy, who both my kids are huge Holly Suspect fans. Right. We listen to it all the time. And Your when I listen to it awesome, when I listen to an album, like when I get new shit that I like i wear it out Mm -hmm. so if they're in the car with me they're listening to the same 10 songs for like (laughs) three months so they you know they they can't help it they're fans so they know every so anyways they're like hey when they play the song mom record a little bit of that for me gotcha buddy i'm gonna record a little bit of that so here we are at this concert I'm watching him rip people for bringing their phone up. And I'm like, fuck yes. Everybody put your fucking phones up and enjoy this. And then like five (laughs) songs later... (laughs) Five five songs later, they start playing the song Mom. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to do this. Because I've got a nine-year-old that's expecting a video. So... Now I'm gonna look like the. I mean, of all the people in there, I've got his back. Like I'm ready to go start ripping phones out of people's hand, but now I have to now get my phone out. So I get my phone out, and my girlfriend Allie, she's standing in front of me. So I kind of like I'm I'm kind of hiding the phone on her while I'm videotaping <laughs> with my arms around her, and I'm I'm sitting there going, "Fuck, I'm I'm the guy that I'm just you know he was just talking about, but you know." I had to do it. He's nine years old. He'd have been upset. I, no, but I, I get totally it. get it. And and even going back to another story with with the boys, um, just let this last Christmas. They're like, "Hey, you're gonna film us opening gifts," and I said, "You know what, bud? I I don't want to do that." And I've done it in the past. You know, I've, right. I've filmed it and I've filmed it. every single year. I've filmed them walking down the steps or walking into the thing and opening up presents. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that this year because every year I'm holding that camera. I'm f- I'm trying to figure out, you know, if I'm getting the right shot. I'm watching. I right. I was like, this year, I'm going to be in this moment. You know, right. I'm going to sit here and enjoy it and take it all in because I'm not going to watch it again. I mean, granted, you do want to have those videos later well, on. Well, sure. But, you but know.
1: Are you coming from the place of where it's just concerts or just videoing everything in general.
2: Videoing everything in general. Gotcha. That's really, yeah, more than, concerts is just one thing. It's just, it's (laughs) every single thing, taking a picture of everything. Now, you know, I get taking pictures of your kids and all that stuff. I I take pictures of them. I take pictures of uh, my girlfriend. You know, she takes pictures of the dog, like, she's got a million pictures of our dog. And I totally get that. You take pictures of things you love. You take, you know. right. But
1: I get it too, but I think not to interrupt you, but I, before I forget this thought, because you know I'll forget, I think that people overdo it. I do too, they go way over the top with it.
2: Yeah, and, and when it's posted for things, and then just another little social media rant when people are taking pictures of things like, Hey, everybody, look how good of a dad I am. I'm with my kids at this thing, right? Look at me now, I've got them at this thing. How cool am I, right. you know. Get the fucking phone off and have dinner with your with your kids. We don't care that you're, you know, spinning pasta at the Italian restaurant. I don't give a shit.
1: Oh look, you went to work, made some money, went to dinner. That's That's, great. That's
2: great. Shouldn't why are you proud that you're buying your kids dinner? That you're you're a fucking dad. (laughs) Buy the food and shut up. (laughs) Like (laughs) Nobody's fucking videoed themselves you know, putting gas in their car. I'm, gonna, I'm doing that yeah. tomorrow. That's it. I'm going to go put gas in my car. And look go, at me, look, everyone. Look, look at me. I put yeah. gas in. I'm adulting. <laughs> I don't care what you're doing with your kids.
1: I, I, I think it's... <laughs> I gave it to... Okay, second time. Show's over, folks. We're out of here. Um, no, I think that I think that people definitely overshare. And I think that... It's the painting
2: the picture. Right. That, uh, so, so there's kind of two way, things, better you know, you, way so, I was going to say it yeah they're, they're trying to paint a picture as if mm-hmm. you know shit is really perfect so I'm going to post all this and what I see most of the time the people that are posting a lot of that stuff are the ones that have the worst relationship that they're posting about I would agree you know it a lot of times they're posting this look how great this is look how great it is when you know you already know man I
1: that shit's that ain't shit, they,
2: yeah. Your old's relationship is not that good. Well, I, I talked about this on the on my dirty laundry
1: section, and I know you heard it about people that have that joint Facebook. Yeah, you got a joint Facebook. One of y'all done fucked up.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm surprised I don't have a joint Facebook.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. edit that shit out. Yeah.
2: All
1: right. So, anything else you want to add to the social media issues? Or is that pretty much it? I think that's it. I, I agree. With you I do agree with you, though. I think the the uh, I think you had said it before we started recording about the experience is gone. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I, and I'm not throwing my wife under the bus, but I get on her sometimes. I'm like, dude, put your phone away. Put that shit in your memory and yeah. just re- keep it there. Yeah. People have been doing that since the beginning of time. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to document everything. Yeah,
2: and it's not just the phone that can get rid of it, you know, because I, I've gone to a concert before that I really, really wanted to go to and then just drank too much. And then true. at the end of the night, I'm like, yeah, I had a great time. Don't remember a fucking thing about the concert. Yeah. Like, that's also, yeah, that's true. Experience yeah. is gone when you do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had an experience, but the experience you, that, you know, it. the experience I pay money to go see is I go see that show. Yeah, you know, I could care less about socializing there at the show. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's we've been able to do it forever, but the phone makes it way too easy.
1: I think so, and and I think um, and I and I'm not going to quote the person that said it because I don't remember, but I heard somebody say something to the effect of, "We're getting so crack like with our phones and, and technology in general," which is. Technology is amazing. I tell my students it's the, the worst, greatest thing ever invented. But he said, we're the, or the, he or she said, I can't remember who said it, mm-hmm. they said that we're getting so crack-like with our phones that we don't know how to have human experiences anymore.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, we don't interact really mm-hmm. because you don't have to. You get yeah. the updates of what these people are doing. Yep. To me, it's good because I'm not a really social guy. So I'm not somebody that would, you know, I, I've got a thousand friends on Facebook I talk to like five friends. (laughs) So there's 995 people that I wouldn't even think to figure out what they're doing. So when when they post something, I'm like, oh. hmm." But
1: on the the flip side of that, with you specifically, you're not socially awkward.
2: No. Well, I I wouldn't know that. (laughs) I'm
1: saying that you're socially awkward. In other words, you can talk to anybody. You just choose not to because you're kind of a quiet person. Yeah, There's nothing that's, and I don't want to shame anybody but there's nothing wrong with you you don't have social anxiety or any weirdness like that so i didn't know i was going to get fixed today <laughs> you're i'm fixing you now so there the the point i'm getting at is i think there is there is something to be said for the small group of people that have that it's mm. amazing for them yeah. Because they can live vicariously. So I get it. It's kind of that double-edged sword. I, I get it.
2: Just like, I, I'm not going to give you... I, I'm, nobody's taking my phone from me, for sure. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I, you know I love what we can do with it. But yeah, I mean, I get um, maybe defensive about it. Because I agree with the musicians and stuff. kind of like, experience that. Right. Because I know what it's like to be up there trying to... We've all been that musician. You're playing the show. And it's fucking... There's nothing worse than playing like when we've done cover stuff and you're playing a show and there's nobody fucking paying attention. And they're all having a good time. Well, we're getting paid to fucking be there. Right. That's our job. Right. They're having a good time. Right. They're going for that experience. Yep. But when some but when you're playing an original show and you're trying to look like you know you're either trying to gain fans or you're trying to you know show ex- these people you know what you guys are about and what your music stand you know. Not stands for, but no, I get you. You know, just, you're you. just trying to portray, you know, this, this, this. uh You're trying to give your. Creation. You're trying to give the experience. Yeah, we're trying to give the experience of Heaven Hill, or and this of is that what band. we created. This is this, this is, is us. our shit. And when people don't give a fuck about it and they're just talking, it's deflating. It's so deflating. So I get that. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, ever. Be the person sticking a phone in somebody's face saying. No,
1: it's it's funny. But bef- before we wrap up this the social media section, I uh, I was listening to Eddie Trunk and he was interviewing Scott Ian and he he asked Scott Ian the very same thing, and Scott Ian agrees with you. When he's on stage, he don't give two shits. When he's in the crowd, put your fucking phone away. Yeah, and I find it interesting because it annoys me on both ends because. And Scotty and, and I'm not busting his balls. He's older than I am, so he's been doing it longer than me. But I actually remember being on stage where I could see eyeballs. Yeah. Now and now I see the back of phones. Mm-hmm. So, but it's I find it interesting with him that when he's on stage he doesn't care, mm-hmm. but when he's in the crowd he puts your damn phone away. Yeah. And I guess I find it interesting because of the level that he's on. I mean, he's been yeah. in Anthrax for
2: ever. Right. I would think people that are successful. You know the successful people, musicians. Now they can have an opinion, and they can tell you to put your fucking phone up. True. Us as you know, struggling musicians. I ain't telling, shit. Yeah, whatever. You're there. You paid your eight dollars, yeah. and you're looking at us, phone or face. Do what we're you happy? Want. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that as musicians get a bigger voice, they can actually. Yeah, it's easier for it's, them. It's much easier for Holly Suspect Dude to say, "Let's, ha-, you know." Put your damn phone away. If we kicked the fucking phone, we'd have probably got kicked out. Mm -hmm. And we were on stage. Yeah, and we were on the stage. And I'm like, there's another band right behind you that will not kick phones. That's perfect. Speaking
1: of stage, let's move on to stories from the stage. Okay, so this one, I'm going to give to you again. I'm just (laughs) passing the buck to you, buddy. But I will match you because one of my buddies listened to one of my other shows. And he said, "Why didn't you match the stage story?" So, fine. You're going to get a two for kids, but you're going first.
2: Okay. Well, you're going to have to match a fight with Santa Claus and his elves and a black eye on purpose. Okay, you're getting one show kids cuz I can't match that for nothing. <laughs> All right. So, we are in this is it, this is Heaven Hill. We are uh this is after you were not in the band anymore. We had a drummer named Ivan Arnold, awesome guy. Great drummer. Um, So we're in Nashville doing, hell, I don't even remember what we're doing. We might be actually, we're recording. I think you were recording the second record. Because I
1: remember, long story short, we never really fell out of contact. There wasn't any bad blood. There was a few anger flare-ups, but that's to be expected. But we kept in touch and all that stuff. So I knew you guys were
2: going to Nashville to record again.
1: Because that's where you recorded the second record.
2: Yeah, so this was like a long weekend recording session. We kind of did these... We didn't do quite like we did in Somewhat Civil, where we just fucking went there and spent weeks there or whatever. Right. This was just... In-out. Much lower budget, per se, kind of like going down there on a weekend, putting in a few hours, and then going home. Right. Well, Chris, Kerr, we always call him Kerr, so I'll, I'll say Kerr from now on. Kerr, um, he had a job doing granite countertops or something, and he had to be back to work Monday. He had asked for off Monday. He couldn't get it. Right. You know, his boss pretty much said, no, you've had too many days off. You're going to be here Monday or you don't have a job, pretty much. <laughs> so, well, Kurt tells us this. While we already have three days of recording booked, and that's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yep. And he's recording guitars on Monday. So, the first night we're there, Saturday night, we, um, we go down to a really nice part of town in Nashville called Printer's Alley. Uh-huh. Which is...
1: And know that place well.
2: Not very nice. You know, a little <laughs> little, little rough a little rough, but you know, fuck it. That's what we It's non schwanky Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
2: not the greatest part of town. So anyways, we're down there in a little karaoke bar and um turns into like a dance club or something. Well the good thing about Printers Alley is it kinda everything that every stupid thing that we liked when we were be drinking is right there like across the little alley from each other like True. there is the karaoke bar there's the dance club there's a little live music joint where there's somebody in there playing piano or singing that's fucking way better than anybody in this whole city <laughs> ever you know like you ever know, thought of being ever thought of being and, and i will go in i remember going into this you know thing seeing this guy doing elton john covers and i was like who the fuck is this guy right why is this guy not somebody i know because he's amazing Um, but that's natural. So, so there's that. And then there's a strip club. If you like that kind of thing, I don't, I can't stand them. That's a lie. I mean, I've been in, I've been in one. (laughs) I don't like them, but you know, I know my girlfriend's going to listen to this and be like, Oh, so you like strip clubs now. Um, I've got a good story from that though. From when we went into that strip club, Kerr went in there and this is all the same night. He gets kicked out. And they had a little. This is a really nice trip clip because they had a little little buffet, a little free buffet. So he grabs a handful. He he grabs a handful of chicken tenders as it on his way out the door. And they're like, "Don't you fucking come back in here!" Well, of course, a couple hours later, he tries to go back in there, and he says something like. I show you my butt cheeks for some of them chickens, you know, <laughs> so, you know, one of those things you, you'd have to be there. It, it was, it was really, really good though. So back to the story. So we're in this karaoke bar that turned into a dance club. Well, there was this guy dressed as Santa and then there were like three dudes dressed as elves and one girl dressed as an elf and she was with Santa Claus. It was it was his little elf, Kerr. Obviously, if if you if you hear many stories about Heaven Hill, Kerr is going to be involved in them because ninety nine point yeah, nine yeah. percent of stories
1: will be will have Kerr. Yeah, in he them. he
2: was you know he's that dude that you're either going to like have a great time, um, or somebody's going to jail, or you're gonna <laughs> you know you're gonna do something that night that you're gonna go God damn. So, anyways, love you, Kerr. So we <laughs> Ruby Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. Sorry, carry on, man. So, so we. Kerr starts dancing with this elf. I will say that she is a full. So don't 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 imagine an actual real elf. Imagine a full size person in an elf costume. I didn't I didn't know. Please tell me it was green. It was green. Sweet. It was full. I mean, just like the movie, the elf Will Ferrell that outfit.
1: Nice.
2: So, I mean, they they had done it well. They did so. They, they they done it up right. They did it right for Printer's Alley. For Printer's <laughs> Alley, they looked really good. So he's he dancing with her, nice. and of course, Santa doesn't like it. Santa gets pissed. Santa goes over and says something to Kerr, and Kerr, obviously knowing that he's in a room full of four bandmates, right? He's... Didn't back down, shoots his mouth off, yeah, shoots his maybe I don't know, I wasn't there, I was witnessing from across the, <laughs> but I did see Santa get fucking pissed, <laughs> and I saw some other elves kind of gathering around, and I was like, oh shit, we're about to fucking get down? This is like Christmas in Nashville beating up santa in printer's alley in printer's alley, so altercation happens out in the in the in the alley um I don't think there was punches thrown. It was just some shoving and some, you know, just typical, you know, drunken, trying to avoid a fight. Some people were, some people weren't. And so, (laughs) anyways. So, Santa wanted to fight. Santa wanted to fight. Didn't in the third elf. The dude, that is. (laughs) I think once Santa realized, you know, saw Ivan kind of come up, get into the mix. Me, uh, I'm not sure Teague was even there. I think he was there. Um, you know, the five of us getting up kinda like backing him up, it kind of fizzled out because then it turned into more it's not now they're not fighting the, wasn't the spiky three on one. Yeah, not they're not fighting the spiky haired guy in the girls' jeans. Right. You know, they're fighting the whole the whole crew. The whole crew with Yeah. girls' jeans. Yeah. No, I didn't I never wore girls' jeans, they just wouldn't fit my big ass. Well, that's because you got a baseball booty. <laughs> so we you know, we almost got in a fight with Santa and the elves. We're leaving Printer's Alley. We're going up and Kurt tells us, "Guys, I I've, I've got a confession to make. I told my boss that uh I got in a fight and I can't." So this is like Sunday night. You right. know, so like Sunday night, he says, uh, "You know, he told his boss that he got into a fight and got a black eye and he can't come in tomorrow." And we're like, "Okay, Chris, but y- you don't have a black eye." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." I know. I didn't think about that. I'm like, okay, well, I know how we can handle this. I was like, one of us is gonna have to fucking hit you in the eye. And to me I'm thinking this is the greatest idea ever because we're you know, we're back to the hotel, the night's over, we're like crashing out. Right. No, this is we're about to videotape this. We are gonna fucking make a great video of somebody getting hit on purpose because of a lie he told, just so we don't have to go to work. This is jackass level. Yeah, this is jackass stuff. So it was it was really interesting because the next ten minutes, Kerr's going around the room choosing who and 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 also who is not going to be the one to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you're kind of you're here in true colors now. You know so you know because Teague and. Kerr always kind of had a little bit of, you With know, some tension. a little bit of tension. They just didn't get along as well as some of us right. did. Well, I mean, I'm they gonna... got along, but, you yeah. know, there was differences there for yeah. sure. So, you know, I remember Kerr saying, Teague, you're not going to do it because you fucking hate me. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> you'll, you, you'll hit too hard or something, you know what I mean? And he said, for some reason, he didn't want me to do it. And then the logical choice, he was like, you know, Ivan, you need to do it. You're the fucking physics, you know, major, you know, like who's probably the last guy in the band I'd want to get hit in the eye from. Yeah.
1: And well, just for the record, Ivan mentally is a super smart dude.
2: Yeah. Physically,
1: I wouldn't want that motherfucker to hit me either. he's he's,
2: He's fully tattooed, burly chested guy, big beard. Not a guy that you would want to meet in Printer's Alley. Um, oddly enough, he actually left our band to go to Auburn on a full ride uh, to get his doctorate. Yep, super in, smart in dude. physics. So genius guy. So oh, you yeah. know, maybe that's that was the right choice. Mm-hmm. Physics major, you know, you know, maybe it was right. I don't know. If we're all drinking. You- I don't know. I'm still, I don't think I'm, I think I'm telling my boss something different. I don't know. So, <laughs> me too. So, we're, we're, so we're like, this is going to happen. T, get your phone out. Ivan, you get ready. We took a, we took a, uh, a towel in the sink, uh, got it wet, put it in his mouth. I was like, all right, Kerr, bite down on this. And, and, and I remember we're in the bathroom of the hotel. And Kerr's like, all right, let's do this. So and this is on videotape somewhere. Well, I, I, I have an addendum to this story, so yeah. keep going. So he's got the, the towel in his mouth, and we're counting Ivan down. I'm laughing my ass off because I'm not going to get hit in the face. You know, this is great.
0: <laughs>
2: so I'm going to I'm the clear. Yeah, I'm totally in the clear. I get to just laugh this whole time. So Ivan measures him up and hits him pretty good. Not good enough, though. So he hits him and Kerr drops down on the ground. You know, so he's rolling around, fuck, oh, just moaning and stuff. He gets up and he's like looking in the mirror. And I was like, man, it's not as you don't have a black eye, buddy. We got to do that again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, are you serious? I was like, yep, yep.
2: We're we're past the point of no return here. We've got to get you a black eye. Yep. (laughs) He's like, fuck. We found out later, we probably could have just hit him in the nose and it would have blocked both eyes and he'd been good. Yeah. But we're actually trying to hit him on the bone of the eye. Yep. So Ivan, we're like, Ivan, quit being a fucking bitch and hit this dude. (laughs) (laughs) So Ivan's like, fine. You know, Kurt's drunk enough. He's like, fuck, do it, man. Hit me fucking hard. So Ivan just fucking lays him out. Just lazy mouth right in the bathroom and we're like oh shit I remember T on the phone going he's fucking dead man he's dead because he, he was out yep, knocked out yep. we wake him up all the dude had was a big red spot on his face <laughs> he never got his black eye he got fired and got his ass whipped <laughs> for nothing <laughs> for nothing now
1: the addendum I have to add to this is first of all we're not talking shit because this is public knowledge because I saw the video because it was posted. That's right. You guys posted it on the Heaven Hill page. Yeah. and That's I, how much
2: we didn't take ourselves seriously right. with posting shit like that.
1: Yeah. I remember that, and I don't remember when it was, but I remember that um, my phone started blowing up. I was like, "What is? why is my phone blowing up? Yeah. And Heaven Hill went to shit. Well, <laughs> well this was before <laughs> I even had the Facebook app on my phone. I didn't yeah. know it, my, it was blowing up through text messages and yeah. people called me dude did you see the, I'm like, what are you talking about so I get on my computer and I yeah. find this video and I'm laughing
2: hysterically because oh, you know everybody you know. You I know were,
1: everybody in the video I know what you guys were doing and then I called you and I don't know if you remember that I was like dude what the fuck and then you told me the story yeah I was like why didn't that you just say he a... was stuck in Nashville and you got quiet and <laughs>
2: yeah. you went uh I don't know <laughs> if we'd have done that then we wouldn't have watched him get his ass whipped <laughs> I mean we're very selfish in this band. If Kerr's, if Kerr's dumb enough to make up that story, he deserves to get hit two times by his drummer.
1: That's just you know, touche. We my all friend. had a good time.
2: <laughs> we really, Teague and I loved it. Oh, I know you. We do. loved it. I, Ivan secretively did too. He enjoyed. Oh, the I, th- piss I, out think, of I think I think like Ivan did too. I think he did too.
1: Oh. You're right. I I can't top that fight with santa some elves and then getting your ass whipped so you don't lose your job on monday that you ended up losing anyway and still didn't get a black eye
2: but did get your ass whipped yeah but did, it, yeah it was, Wait, it was
1: a, perfect opportunity you okay. got knocked the fuck out
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was so good that was so good i wish
1: Oy. yeah i, I wish i
2: could i wish i could do that all over again
1: yeah i can't and be there yeah i can't top that no you know it's that's a, we we that's had some we, we
2: had some great great times like that. Never know we had a few like that. That one was the most memorable. Um, mm. But that you know of the things I miss, I don't miss packing up gear. I don't miss playing well, right. at night. I don't miss band practice. I miss writing, but I also miss that stuff.
1: Right. I got one. It just popped in my head. Do you remember when we were doing the? It was either Twelfth in Porter or the Exit Inn in Nashville. I can't remember. But we were doing the showcase for um, the manager dude.
2: The guy that was Clint Black's
1: manager. Yes, and he was also Little Big Town's manager.
2: Oh, yeah. Th- that's a different manager. That's not right. Clint Black's manager. That's Little Big Town's manager and former Motley Crue Right. Tour anyway, guy, we were yeah.
1: doing a showcase for him. And yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it vividly. And I'm not giving away a secret because everybody knows. If you don't have an organ player in your band, you put it on a track. So some of the stuff we would have tracks, right. and you
2: and I were the only two
1: that had the click.
2: Yep, we got that privilege of listening to a click. No, mm-hmm. you
1: got the shitty privilege of it. I had no choice being the drummer, so <laughs> don't even. Anyway, right. I'm not going to let you bitch about that because I still have to. I to this day I still have to listen to the click. Um, but anyway, we were doing that showcase. We actually had a lot of people from here drive to Nashville. Right. We had the room pretty much filled up. And I can't remember. Was it 12th and Porter or in? It I was 12th and, 12th and Porter. Porter yeah. yeah, it was 12th and Porter because Exident is actually bigger. So it was 12th and Porter. Anyway, about halfway through the show, do you remember the, the machine that I ran that you that ran our tracks went out? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And we were
2: freaking out. Yeah.
1: But the cool part about it was... We held our shit together,
0: yeah.
1: And a couple of the guys that were—I don't want to say working for us because we didn't pay them—but a couple of guys that were helping that would help us out all the time were trying to get the tracks back on. Uh huh. And then one of them came on when we—it was the wrong song or (laughs) something—and we
2: and I just—you looked at me. Oh, it was so bad while playing guitar, trying to give you the you know the the hand across the neck like. Yep. Shut it down. Shut (laughs) it down.
1: And if I remember right, I actually jerked the power out yeah. of the back of it while we were playing. Yeah. That sucked. That sucked bad. That sucked. And ironically, a couple of weeks later he said he wasn't interested in us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So I can't top the Nashville story, but I had to yeah. add a Nashville yeah, story that, that, that was, a, was that
2: was a good story. But, you know, I think that story happened a few times to us. I think it did too. You know, with, with back, you know, backing tracks are tough when you're kind of building them on your own. Yeah. We're kind of, you know, rigging them on a computer. Um but we needed them because it 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 really felt like on especially on like a local kind of scene it was um it really made our shows bigger than what I'd done in the past and in the other band I mm-hmm. mean you know when you can actually really put organs that the dude that played piano for Elvis right recorded you oh, know yeah. that's a it makes the show a little it makes us sound a lot better and you can just you know and which is things that Big well, bands people do have been, all the time. Right. People been have been doing it for,
1: it for years, and, and there's always going to be the... Uh, but they've got a lot better guy out there running that. Well, yeah, instead of a jackass <laughs> drummer in the back who's wearing eyeliner and trying to do stupid flippy tricks <laughs> with his sticks and run the tracks, too. It's just it's a bad idea. But people always... I shouldn't say people. Musicians tend to go back and forth on this issue there's there's guys that are the purists that you should never do that and then there's guys that are like well it depends on what the situation is for the record we never flew vocals there were no vocals in our tracks it was all I guess you could say sound effects or extra instrumentation that we didn't have because if you got a five piece band but you got a really cool song that's got a Hammond B3 organ first of all ain't none of us loading a Hammond B3
2: organ yeah I'm no, not doing not that all. shit I don't know. you know, and I look at that. I, I look at like even vocal effects and things like that. That's to me, that's no different than a guitar pedal. I mean, no, it's, I, you know, I it's, agree, but I yeah.
1: just figure while you and I are sitting here, let's set the record: there were no vocals in any of our shit. It was all extra instrumentation, the the organ, and then the string section. And if for those of you that are familiar with the record, um, and you hear it in the end of, the, of my show, uh, the obvious that string section, that's like. Uh, I don't know. A 15-piece orchestra would have to play that shit yeah. the way we arranged it. Yeah. We're not... No. Nobody's
2: doing that shit on stage. Locally. You know, the very last Heaven Hill show was me playing guitar by myself. Kerr wasn't in the band. Just a four-piece. All of Kerr's guitar shit was just in the fucking tracks. <laughs> <laughs> we just, I did not know We that. just fucking threw it in there. Because there, there were so many things like that... Um, you know, me being the rhythm guitar player, I kind of started every song, you know, like the, that was doing the, the main riff. He was the, he was the add on stuff that really made, you know, it, it was all the, the stuff that kind of stuck out in my head as far as our cool guitar riffs were mostly stuff he did kind of on top of things. Oh, yeah. All um, the solo
1: stuff he did. Yeah.
2: And solo and the ad lib stuff through verses and things. And I was just like, we're not playing a fucking show. The nasty Nate. Yeah. The, all his, <laughs> you know, he was really good at that stuff. So all all that stuff we're practicing for this show and I'm just, just the fucking meat and potatoes riffs behind it. And I was like, these fucking suck without that (laughs) stuff. So we just fucking threw them in the tracks, you know, fuck it. And, but that was the last show. The last show was at headliners. Um, there's actually some videos of that show that I found on YouTube not too long ago. And it was actually kind of cool to watch it because I mean, it didn't, Dr. Soundbad. It was, you know, I got no shame saying we threw a fucking whole other person's guitar tracks in the show, but you know what? The show went well. Yeah. And, you know, well,
1: it, and I think, like I said, and, and I'm not going to, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this because you could literally do a whole show on this, but I, I think it's for the situation and, and doing what you were doing at the time, it was perfectly warranted. You weren't sure where the band was going. You weren't sure if it was, if you were going to continue without Kerr or whatever, which obviously right. history has shown that you didn't. Right. So it was the last show. Yep. Yeah. You know what? Just fly it in there. We'll deal with it later. Yeah.
2: So hey, cool we, we had to play the show. Yeah. It, it, it's better the thing than canceling a show. We never canceled a show. Nope. Not with me. Not with me. And no, the band. We never, and, no, we never canceled a show. And not to, to no. Not to my knowledge after no, I was No, alone. we never did. Heaven Hell never did that. Sweet.
1: Well, okay. So you still win, but. Us losing our tracks in Nashville was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. So I'm gonna move on to the last section of the show. What are you listening to? All right. So, what are you jamming on? What record are you digging right now?
2: Well, I'm the kind of guy. I think I might have made mention of it earlier. When I listen to something, it's I get that record. I listen to it for months. Yep. Listen to nothing else. I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, like. Because I have a hard time finding something that I get into. Yep. So when I hear, um, it used to be I would hear something new on XM radio. Right. On like Octane channel or whatever. Some new band would come on and I'd listen to it go, all right, I'm going to check the rest of their stuff out. And if I do buy the album, listen to it seriously until I'm sick of it. Right. So. I'm that, guilty of that. Yeah, I do it too. That's uh, Holly Suspect, which right. who I talked about earlier when we were talking about the, uh, you know, kicking the phone. Yep. When you went up to Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, highly suspect for sure. They are kind of like this. They're kind of like a heavy Kings of Leon. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's almost like taking Kings of Leon being a little heavier, adding a little bit of Eddie Vedder as far as voice-wise, but also similar to Kings of Leon singer as well. Right. Um, But with a little bit of kind of bluesy guitar stuff, it's a uh, three-piece band, singer's a guitar player. It's just really, really cool, really great live show too. So I've seen them a few times. Nice. Probably one of my favorite bands ever now. Um, Nothing More is a band that I've been just obsessively listening to. They've got three albums now, and I actually gave you... I was going to say, yeah, you I remember that I record gave, you gave me a while back. I gave it might have been a couple years ago now. It was, it was. It was a couple years ago I gave you that. First, that was the first record it, that yep. I, I heard one song, bought that record, yep. and then went and saw them live at Mercury Ballroom. They played like three or four of their old songs mm-hmm. from the first record mm-hmm. that I didn't know. Of course, I went and bought that because they were fucking great too. Right. Um, and then they've since come out with a third album. And that's fucking even better than the other two. It's really the best stuff I've... It It. is the best three albums of any band that I've probably got into ever. Nice. As far as all three of them. Um, it's something about them. it just, you know... Every song is fucking great to me.
1: Right. I'll have to go back and check out, recheck out that first record and check out the other two. I, I, I talked about this on a previous episode. One of my biggest problems with discovering anything new is because I, I'm doing so many projects, but all of them are cover related, that I'm constantly learning tunes. Mm-hmm. So by the time I'm not learning tunes, I actually don't want to listen to music. You actually either. don't want to yeah you don't
2: want to stick more. no you you don't Mm-mm. want to stick any more drum beats in your head no I don't yeah actually. I know I get that yeah I, so I, it's, I totally get that and that was um so I've kind of fallen in this hole
1: where I've kind of fallen behind because the last few episodes some most of the stuff that I've talked about is relatively old yeah um, there's not a whole lot of new 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 stuff I've been jamming on a couple new records I did go on a uh And I think you heard this episode uh, when I was talking about the Keith Urban record. Right. Uh, It's just that record's amazing. But that's probably the newest thing I've listened to because of what I do for a living. But I'm going to give a podcast that I want you and everybody else to check out. Uh, And it is Eddie Trunk. I'm sure everybody knows who Eddie Trunk is. And if you don't, Eddie Trunk is the dude that used to host That Metal Show on VH1 Classic. Okay. You remember that show? Yeah, I do. He... That dude knows everybody. He's been a, a DJ and all kinds of stuff for almost 40 years. He now has a show on Sirius XM uh on the volume channel. Have you checked out that channel? No. That channel's awesome. It's 106. Yeah, really? I'm totally plugging something for free. You guys can pay me later. It's all rock talk. Eddie Trunk's got his show on there. It's called Trunk Nation. Um, which I'll get back to his podcast in a second, but there's all co- Scott Ian's got a show on there. Uh, hmm. Melissa Etheridge has a show on there. It's awesome. You need to check it out. Anyway, Eddie Trunks podcast, the dude is, he knows everybody. So he has all these people that he just hangs out with. Um, and it's a great podcast. You should, do- you guys should totally check it out. And Chris, if you haven't heard it, you should check it out. Yeah, too. I will. So that's all
2: I got. Awesome.
1: Well, that's it kids. That's the show for the week.
2: You got anything you want to add? Mr. No. Evans. You know, I'm, I'm just glad to be here, buddy. That was Thanks the for worst shit you've ever. <laughs> that was such a lie.
1: <laughs> no, seriously, thank you for coming out, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I, uh, I, I think, um, like I said at the beginning of this show, I think the best way to tell how I wound up in Louisville was with you because it literally is your
2: fault. Thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take full responsibility. As long as it's not a you know a bill from anybody.
1: Well, you still owe me money, but that's, I'm just kidding.
2: No, it's uh it's cool. It's I no, seriously. Know. Glad glad you came. Glad you stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, you've made the city a better place. I think.
1: Oh well, I appreciate it. And yeah. and a lot of people know this, but there's tons that don't. And when I say people, I'm talking about the people that are close to me. I've never lived anywhere this long. This is the longest I've lived I in any city. I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And then this. I'm not 100% sure when this will post, but February of 2018, which this will post somewhere around there, will be 11 years. I've been here for 11 years. I've never lived anywhere that long, even when I was a kid, but in my adult life, making my own choices. I average about four or five... Isn't it? I average about four or five years in a city, and then I move.
0: Yeah.
1: For no other reason. I'm not running from anything. I just... Yeah. yeah, let me go check this out. hey yeah. let me go check that out. But yeah, I've I've been here for almost eleven years. That's crazy. hmm. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I hope you learned something about a Mr. Chris Evans who I consider a, a dear friend, even though I hate his face. No, I'm just kidding. Um it it's cool to to, to just sit here and, and have conversation with you. In a, on a microphone. It's kinda weird, but it's still kinda cool. So again, thank you. Yeah, I'll let's else. do it again. Absolutely. So, uh, as I say at the end of every show, go do some shit. Seriously, go. Don't listen to the obvious. Just get the fuck out of here and go do something. So until next time, I will talk at you
0: soon.